It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Amazing Mess Podcast. In this episode, we'll be going over who should be our starting third baseman with Larry Frazier. We'll be talking about the Charlie Robinson Canal, as well as our current fifth starter situation. Alrighty. So, um, just like uh, every episode, we'll... Uh, Go off starting off with our MVPs for um this week. So starting off hitting wise, it's gonna be a tie between Jeff McNeil, who's just again not a power guy, who Mets had a lot of power guys in the past years, but he's a guy that just gets on base. That's on my post today. He's leading the MLB batting average. He's currently fourth, I believe, and also tied with Michael Conforto, who's currently on some sort of power surge. You know, this is. You know, the whole lineup of all All right, sorry about that, guys. You're having some trouble with the intro there. Just uh, not to worry about, but uh, as I was saying before I was inter- interrupted by the music, um, you know, the... Uh, Okay, we forget this time. Um, so sorry, we just had some problems with the uh, intro there. Um, so for the uh, for the award for the MVP hitting wise this week, I said um, Jeff McNeil or uh, Michael Conforto. Um, McNeil's just been hitting for average. He's currently fourth in the majors, and uh, Michael Conforto is just on some sort of power surge. You know, he's just hitting home run after home run, also batting for a higher average as McNeil is. You know, again, he's one of those guys. He's part of that core, right in the core with, Robert, with Cano and Ramos. You know, where especially in Conforto, if he does bad, in my eyes, the whole the whole lineup falls apart. If Cano has a breakout year, the lineup becomes way more deep. You know, and then once uh, Frazier and Lowry come back, which we'll be talking about um, soon. So pitching wise, well, well starting pitching wise, I'm. Uh, been uh, pretty bad lately, but Wheeler has been um, Wheeler's been pitching decent. He pitched um, pretty good against the Phillies. Only three runs allowed, I believe, six innings. Which really, you only give a he give up a home run with two outs in bottom of six against them. So you know, honestly, honestly, a decent outing against them. And um, they've uh, uh, pretty much the same thing. Um, his, uh, his start before that and bullpen. Come on, we got to give it to Diaz. Definitely not Familia. We'll be uh, going over that as well, but. Uh, yeah, Diaz came in, saved saved the one game we um, played against Philly. Struck out the side. Harper, Ray, Muto, Hoskins. As if that's uh, pretty hard. Not everybody can do that. And the guy is just electric, and obviously you know what the uh, you know, the recent injury report about him with his uh, 
for the double, I believe. We're only going to be using him, uh, you know, for those three. So now our co-host, who was a little late, but so, um, we're, um, uh, our producer is getting him in shortly. And um, so we'll, we'll ask him what his uh, MVPs are for the season so far. So is uh, Tim here? Yes. Hey, Sal. All right. All right. All right. So I was just going over the MVPs. I gave mine for hitting, giving, and uh, starting. So we'll hear yours for hitting. For hitting, my one definitely probably have to go to um, Jeff McNeil. Jeff McNeil has been laying it up, bang above 450 lately. He hasn't been hitting home runs, but he's been like making solid contact and all that. But yeah, we have, it hasn't been like too busy of a hitting week. Um, it was much busier in the first two weeks. But um, yeah, yeah. Jeff McNeil has definitely been hitting the ball pretty well. Yeah, I, I said Mickey Lannis and Florida, though, because Florida's been a lot of power lately. So, um, well, I, I already said mine. I gave my whole explanation. So, we'll go straight to the pitcher for you. The pitcher for me would probably, um, would have to go to, hmm, it's either Noah Syndergaard or, yeah, I would have to go with Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard had a pretty good outing the other day. James hmm. he's been struggling a little bit. But, um, who was yours? I went with Wheeler because he pitched. Decently against the uh, Phillies, and he also pitched decently the start. So I, I give yeah. it to I could you know, see, it was either between Wheeler or Syndergaard for me, but Syndergaard yeah. just shown the most improvement, and yeah, he hasn't he's been pitched pretty well lately. Yeah, he wants to be going over the uh, our current pitching situation uh, later in the video, so everyone stay tuned for that. And I think this is a no-brainer, but let's hear what you guys say. What's the word? For the for the bullpen. Oh, Edwin Diaz, without a doubt, he's been yeah. shutting it down lately. Um, with all the close games we had so far, he our bullpen struggled, and I, without a doubt, he just comes in and closes the game. Where it was a close game between the Phillies and the extra innings, shuts down top top twenty players in the league. Bryce Harper strikes him out. Real Muto strikes him out. Hoskins strikes him out. That's the closer we've been needing, and that's that's what we expect from him. And he's just been doing a phenomenal job as closing role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we were, so we we finished MB, uh, MVPs for this week. So now Benson is going to uh, come on. He's going to ask us uh, the mailbag questions that we got for him this week. Okay. Yeah. So our first question is from Robert. What are your thoughts on Familia's last outing? Familia's last outing. Oh God. Um, well, you can take it. it was, yeah, it was a, uh, you know, you know, the whole bullpen has been struggling, but. Really struggling as well. A few guys that you know, Gazelman and Lugo were question marks. Wilson was a question mark as he, um, you know, he he had a high walk rate on the Cubs, you know. But Pimentel was one of those guys where you thought you knew you, already, you, knew, you knew what you were getting out of him. But so far this year, you really haven't. You know, he pitched, oh my God, terrible in these past couple of games. You know, and him doing bad, like if you you could if he did good, you could have afforded you know Lugo or Gazelman. Wilson, Wilson's actually Wilson's actually been pitching well, but mainly Exelman and Lugo. You know, you know, you could afford them to be bad, but Familia was supposed to be that guy. You know, him and Diaz, eight, eight and nine. You know, but with him struggling, it's really um, it's it's really hard to pretty much secure a win besides Diaz. So next question. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is our last question. Uh, it's from Andrew. If you were Brody. Who would you sign, Keuchel or Kimbrel? All right, Tim, you can uh, you can have this one. Okay, um, I would personally go with uh, this one's definitely a tough question. I've got this a lot on my Instagram page, but um, 
go with um Dallas Keiko on this. Actually, no, I'll go with Kimber on this one because with all the trade rumors we have for getting uh minor from the Rangers, I would say we could definitely get Kimbrel as um a setup man and move Kimbrel to a middle spot. You know. Yeah, you know, seeing as those are just rumors, you know, there are rumors that Keiko's going to sign as well, you know, that, you know, knowing, you know, as good as Brody is and as good as he is, you know, the, the Rangers, you know, want the Rangers want a, um, a decent decent prospects from the Mets, and, you know, already we don't have a good farm system, and, you know, I don't know if the Mets are willing to give up another two, you know, highly rated prospects, at least in the, the Mets uh, corporation, but I, I, you know, yeah. Yeah. Kimbrough's, Kimbrough's only gonna. Kimbrough is said he only, and we have Diaz. So unless Diaz like dies, you know, we really need Kyle. I cannot have Vargas go out there every fifth day, especially, especially in games against you know, as in the host NL East where the Nats two games behind. You know, we you really can't afford to just like it's an automatic loss when he goes out there. It really is. You know, and I'm surprised the Mets didn't see this coming when they signed him because that second when he was on the Royals, the uh, post All Star break because he was an All Star. Um, you know, post All Star break he had a plus like six point three, um, you know, ERA. So um, you know, it really I'm I'm surprised they signed him. So um, yeah. Yeah, so, I would, uh, I I can definitely agree with that. Um, what's his name? Keiko would definitely be a great piece of our rotation. He's a one-time Cy Young, two-time All-Star. All-Star, um, yes. And if we, if we can't get Meyer, there's just no doubt about it. We can't have Matt and Vargas going out in the bottom of our rotation, just ganging all that loss. Can't even gang through one ending of play and laying up over three runs, which is ridiculous in, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Um, so we'll um... – We'll talk about, you know, again, talking about um, our bullpen struggles. We'll go right in. We'll pretty much talk about um, that, you know, with Familia and, um, well, not really Wilson. He's been pitching well, but Gazelle and Lugo. So what is, do you think this is like a funk? Do you think this is they're going to pitch throughout this whole year? Do you think Gazelle and Lugo are reverting? What are, you, what are your takes on that? Um, My opinion on Lugo and Gazelle. Um, Lugo, he, he did pretty well the other night. Um. Early on in the season, he struggled against the Nationals and all that. But um, Gazelman, he's been he he had that one um walked bringing the inning and all that. But I I feel like once the warm weather kicks in, I know this is just a simple statement and like a theoretical thing. But I feel like once the warm weather really kicks in, they'll they'll start doing well. You know. Yeah, but you gotta, you gotta say though, the Mets have always been they'll be better in the, for the first half of the year than the second half. You know, I remember in 2015 and last year and literally every year, you know, we're practically just at the base, uh, the MLB. You know, we start off really good, but we do shit the, you know, second half. So, you know, yeah. that's, uh, that's what it comes down to. And, you know, and what about uh, um, Justin Wilson? Because he's, he's been a, uh, you know, he's not as outspoken as Gazelman or Lugo or all of them. He's kind of just, you know, he'll come in, he'll do his one winnings or whatever and uh you know do you think he's um do you think he's been living up to expectations um obviously he left that walk-off home run early in the season to Trey Turner but um yeah. I think he's I, I think he's been not bad for lefty like out of the pen he's been um a little a little lower than my expectations but you he didn't have that great of a season like a uh Edwin Diaz season or anything like that but um 
I think I set my expectations a little too high for him, but um, I think overall he hasn't been a too bad in our, in our bullpen, but I think he can definitely be a little better, and if he is, that just makes us better, you know? No, yeah, you know, he was uh, a, about a 3-RA high walk rate pitcher here. And, yeah. Uh, lately, but, you know, we, we really, you know, we got what, yeah, what we signed for, which is you could only hope for, you know, like he obviously wants to do better, but, you know, you rather you rather him stay consistent. You know, we got we got the lefty, you know, but you know the thing is now we have you know we the problem is we we also have um and if you, could you have a top heavy bullpen like really you know the Mets you know the Yankees you know the Mets Yankees both have good bullpens we have mm-hmm. both have a good bullpen but you know the Yankees bullpen is very deep you know um, you know I'm 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 not as formed as the Yankees fans they could probably name all twelve guys you know and you know if you took any of those guys put them on the Mets they'd be Probably it'd be right. They'd probably be in the number three spot or number two spot. You know, some of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's really uh, yeah. you know, the thing is, you know, pitching those guys. I remember the we pitched uh, oh my god, who I don't know some some bum that we have in the bullpen and was like base loaded, but we didn't want to use Diaz. It was it was the it was the first game against the Phillies. Who who'd be pitched him? Do you remember? Doesn't matter if you do, but we pitched him for like ball. one out. Because we don't want to use Diaz for the four-out save. Do you remember that? It was. It wasn't Gazelman, was it? No, it was like. It was someone with a G. I, I, I know you're trying. I know who you're trying to say. Yeah, I, I might have been. Yeah, I know. I know who you're trying to say. Don't throw with a G. Um, but you know, we we pitched him. Like sometimes Mickey confuses me. Like he pitches him to save. You know, uh, Diaz's arm. Like what's what? What are five pitches gonna do? Like you know, that's a, a crucial game against a division rival. Who has a big chance of winning the division? You know, like that. You mm-hmm. want you got you have you have to sacrifice. You know, I, I get Mets boys had health issues, and I get that you want to keep Diaz healthy, especially with his elbow or shoulder or whatever it was. You know, but you have to. You know, get, in those games where it's like crunch time and the beginning of the year is a lot more important than people realize. You know, mm-hmm. He just that's a lot worse sometimes. All yeah, right, I, I, so I, I, I believe. I believe we are out of time just for uh, just for now. We're, we're going to jump right into a commercial break here, and Tim is going to bring us back in. Hello, baseball fans. This is Blake here from the Rattle Up Podcast, your go-to show for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Make sure to stop by this Friday at 8 Pacific, 11 Eastern for this week's edition of Rattle Up. As Chris and I talk about the D-backs' early season struggles, which some fans are already taking as signs of last year's September collapse, an inconsistent offense, Paired with a team ERA north of five and a half, have got the D-backs off to a decent eight and nine start. But who's been the main contributors to that record? All that answered plus game by game analysis from this past week of D-backs baseball coming to you this Friday on Rattle Up. I'll get you back to this show, but make sure to stop by this Friday, eight Pacific, eleven Eastern. See you there. And we are uh, we're back here. And uh, our second topic we're going to be talking about is what you all tuned in for, which is our Lowry and Todd Frazier discussion. Currently, both of them are injured, so we're currently platooning Jeff McNeil and uh, you know, J.D. Davis. So, J.D. Davis is actually having a very productive year so far. I'm pleasantly surprised how good he's been. Um, but, you know, when once Frazier comes back, you know, you you know you could keep him as a utility guy or whatever. But that's what that we'll be going over today. So, um, first thoughts is, Obviously, do you, you – know, a little different question. Just once Frazier comes back, because he's going to be back 
uh, before Lowry. Lowry, if we're lucky, will be back by mid mid May. Excuse me. Um, do you mm-hmm. think? Um, do you think actually, because you know, Jaden Davis has been playing really well. You know, do you think we should start for Isher or JD Davis? Um, JD Davis has been doing phenomenally lately, as we all know. Um, he he's been doing a little struggling in the field, as we've seen earlier in the season. But I think JD Davis has been one of our best bats, um, power wise. He's been hitting the ball pretty well. But we have to give um Top Ranger a shot. I say every few days we give Top Ranger a shot. If he doesn't prove himself in those first ten days, we we just don't have him. We like either cut him, look for a trade for cash considerations, or just international money, whatever. But we we, don't, we can't have waste starts, you know. Well, I wouldn't say cut him. That's that's bold. You know, he always needs bench, especially you know one of them going yeah. down. I guess you know we just not gonna have him. You know, but the uh, the thing is, they're both righties, correct? So we can't, you know, you can't have a momentous basis with the bring this up, but it is Tim Tuffle. And who was the second? Was it why went Norway Dykstra? Wally Backman. Yes, Wally Backman. There you go. Wally Backman and Tim Tuffle. I don't even know if that was him. But um, they they just both can, you know, lefties, one that would start, uh, and then righties, you know, the other would start. You know, but the thing is, you can't even do that with them two. And you could kind of do that with Lowry, who's the switch hitter. But the thing is, Lowry's just a better hitter on both sides, at least for Asia. You know, so the thing is, you know, if you if you start, you know, once Lowry comes back, then you have three quality guys. You know, and I you Big old guy, you know, you could you can stick him at second. So JD Davis, um, you know, is a little more flexible, you could say, kind of you know, almost like Jeff McNeil, um, you know. But Frazier, is, you know, he played first base in his career a little bit, but like he's strictly third base. He's he's strictly corners, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's kind of annoying because it's not like he's some um, you know batting three hundred, you know, four four forty home runs, hundred ten RBI hitter. You know what I mean? No, you know. yeah. So, what do you what do you think about that with uh, all three of them now? Um, I think it's gonna be great for the Mets. We'll have a great, uh, I mean, bench. Excuse me. Um, if one one's hot, you just put them in. Um, if the others, you just sit them or trust them in the late innings when we need a pinch run for our bullpen. So yeah, it it definitely is a a good problem to have like deciding between all of our bench bats like Dom Smith, who was definitely a keeper yeah. who's been dominating in the majors. Um. And all those other guys, like obviously guys like Luis Guillorme haven't been producing. You just calm down. You put Todd Frazier right in his spot, you know? Like Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know how Luis Guillorme is somehow somehow on the net. Like he's not even yeah. a good defensive league. The guy can't hit, he's not clutch, you know. He's not even like yeah. a fan favorite like Wilmer was where he, you know, came off the bench sometimes and you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, like uh I don't know I don't know what I'm saying here, but <laughs> Um, you know, let's say Frazier. I feel like Frazier. You know, once he comes back, you pretty much just stick him in the lineup where you know, um, where um, excuse me, uh, uh, JD Davis was. You know, you just bat him seventh or eighth. You know, whenever because you know they'll, they'll they'll mix it up with Rosario on him sometimes. But the thing is, you know, you have McNeil who's currently killing it. You know, you you can you know in the same time you know once um, Nemo had that slump at the beginning of the year, they put him at leadoff, and the guy still kept on hitting. You know, the prime position for him batting wise is number two for Lowry. So, let's say everyone's healthy. What is your like lineup? Like at least, at least 
up to where Lowry and McNeil are, because those are the guys that, you know, I'm talking about here. That's a good question right there, and it depends on how everything works out. If Nimmo has to start, it continues the start he's been having. He's been doing pretty well lately, spanning above 300 in his last, like, 15 at-bats. But I would definitely have to mm-hmm. keep Nimmo. As, do you want positions two, or do you want me just to bring down the lineup? Um, you, you, uh, yeah, he's good down the lineup. He's all right. Um, we'll go Nemo number one, Lowry number two when he comes back. We have to go with uh, mm-hmm. K- K- I mean Cano Bang three, Conforto batting mm-hmm. fourth, Wilson Ramos batting fifth. I'm wearing the sun on just to make sure. Um, we we probably will have Pete Alonso batting sixth. Then we'll probably have um, Neil batting seventh. Rosario batting yeah, Br- Rosario batting eighth. You can also platoon him with a. Nimmo and Rosario can always switch between outings depending on how whoever gets on base more. Um, and Rosario's been shown he's been yeah. getting on base a lot more than last year, who where he had like a 300 on base percentage or something like that. But yeah, definitely have yeah. Rosario batting ninth or eighth, whatever. Um, yeah. Mickey's so, taking. Um, you know, if if Alonzo plays the way he's in play, I because I you know Mickey Callaway, you you went you went double lefty with the phone can over turn four. Now hear me out on this. I, I you can say. Uh, the Lowry for the switch hitter. Go Alonzo four. You go Conforto five. You go Ramos six. McNeil seven, sadly. And um, Rosario eight. Or you can do this. You could start McNeil as your leadoff hitter. And then you can bat okay. him on ninth, put the pitcher eight. So you have a double leadoff. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I'll, McNeil's been doing a great job getting on base, which I love too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, because well, Nimmo slowed down recently, so having McNeil was a you know real blessing. No one really expected this kid to, uh, you know, pan out the way he did. You know, the guy was just some. You know, everyone was talking about Pete Alonso, and you know, <laughs> no, you know, he came up. I, I remember I went to the um, the game of the season. Um, you know, when Reyes retired, sadly, sadly not the right game, which I wish we could have won. Um, you know, and McNeil had like three hits that game. Like, the guy was just tearing it up. And like, you know, and there was also questions going into this year. You know, rookies a lot, a lot of times do really well. You know, because they don't, no one knows how to pitch them. No one knows the strengths. We, you know, the big question mark going into this year is he going to be getting some busts? And pitcher is going to be able to adapt to him quickly. And you know, McNeil just came storming out of the gate and hasn't looked back since. And same thing with yeah, Peter Alonso. I fire start. And yeah, what you guys say? Um, I definitely agree. That's problems most rookies have, such as Aaron Judge. His first year, 52 home runs. Um, pitchers learn how to adapt to his size and power. He didn't hit, and he didn't hit uh, like he was like 20, 15 off, 15 to 10 off home runs of his rookie season. So pitchers are learning how to adapt and adapt to Judge. But just crazy how McNeil continues to adapt to the pitchers, and pitchers can't adapt to him. You know. Yeah, you know, the one, you know, especially what they, um, I'm going to talk about Judge now, but, you know, because obviously yeah. he's, a, he's a tall guy, he's a tall guy, Judge, they learned to, you know, pitch him up and inside, and, mm-hmm. you know, again, especially that second year, but, you know, you saw Judge, you know, the, his third year, and the end of the second year, you know, he worked on pitch, pitches up and inside, and up and inside now is one of his, like, hot spots. You know, as a hitter, yeah. you know, like you're scared, you're scared to throw him that. The thing about McNeil is he's not a power hitter; he's more of a contact guy, more of a, you know, especially with his weird knob. He doesn't, he doesn't hit mm-hmm. for, uh, he doesn't yeah. have for power. The guy just tries to hit line drives, gap shots, you know, 
So, uh, yeah, you know, that's that's what, you know, again, I don't know why we're comparing Judge and McNeil, but, you know, the different hitters, mm-hmm. like, I get your point there. It's a, it's a very good point. Yeah. All right. So, okay, so um, for the third base spot, do you, do you think there's a possible chance of, where would you bet um, Frazier if he was to ever start? Where would you bet him in the line? Frazier, I, I honestly just switch. Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm not betting second. I, I love McNeil second. Yeah. Um, I, I, you could probably switch. I'd probably bet him eighth. You know, I, I'm, I like the way Rosario's been playing. He's a lot more disciplined at the plate. So then, excuse me, you'd go like you know, Nimmo, McNeil, Cano, Ramos, Conforto, that's your five. And then it's um, Alonzo, oh, six. Rosario seven and Frazier eight. There you go, <laughs> Frazier eight. Yeah, or again, like I great. said, you can do the uh, you can bat McNeil and then you can bat McNeil and then honestly you can bat Rosario second and then you could have Nimmo bat um, Nimmo bat ninth or you could have Nimmo lead off, McNeil second, Rosario at the bottom because they did that last year. But I don't like Rosario as a lead off hitter as much as I do like McNeal and Nimmo as a lead off hitter. Because so, I, mm-hmm. you know, as, as disciplined as he's become, Rosario, I don't know, just the, the guy's tearing up McNeil and Nimmo is busted out of his slump. So, you know, you you can do that. You know, the the Nationals have been doing a lot of that, where they, uh, they I think Will, Will uh, Defoe, I think they bat, I, I believe they bat ninth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or they would do, they would do that with Trey Turner, but obviously he's, I, I believe he's still hurt with his broken finger. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, these are mainly the mess existence, so hopefully, uh, but yeah, speedy recovery tip. So what are you going to say, Tim? Um, the question I got for you is, um, obviously we've had uh, ups and downs at third base, as McNeil had two great play-saving runs in against the Phillies one in the extra innings, if you saw that. Um, but yeah, yeah. J.D. Davis's defense has been a little shaky. He's been um, missing, missing uh, makeable ground balls, and probably, like, in some minds, lollipopping a ball on the double play ball, and Robinson Cano doesn't really like that. So, yeah, I think it's, like, where do you put McNeil? McNeil is a great third baseman, and you saw, yeah. I think, the other night where he dropped a, a, a makeable play in left field. So, do you do you have McNeil yeah, at third base defense and over J.D. Davis, or do you, like, take J.D. J.D. Davis's bat over it? Um... Like that is that is a really good question. Um, but are we before I answer, are we taking it to is Lowry healthy at this point or is Lowry is Lowry out? Or is you know, very short of it. Um Are they like healthy? Um, what's this do for now? Like like right now since it's like there's right, a few right, more um, weeks. You know Keon Bronxton, you know, he did look right at that pitch right down the middle with the count was, you know, three two, two outs, base load, literally a hitter's dream. Um, but um you know, McNeil is really good defensively, and people, you know, um, undervalue how good, um, you know, defensive third baseman is. You know, mm-hmm. but the thing is, you know, we don't have the you – know, I, I, again, I'd start – I don't – Lagarde has been pitching well. J.D. Davis will not play outfield, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Davis not play – J.D. Davis will not play outfield. Unless he does play outfield, you stick him in stick him in left field. You know, you could do that. <laughs> but at least for – like, That'd be worth it. And the thing is, you know, we're I feel like you can we can't we can only avoid our problems for so long with McNeilan left. So, you know, he's got a good arm. Like he's made some um I remember he had like a down and a throw in left field and he got someone out. I believe it was someone in the NL East. They all they their jerseys all look the same. 
trying to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, I feel like we can only avoid our problems of making them for so long. And, you know, if the Mets are pushing to uh, are pushing to make a playoff run, teams like, uh, you know, a, t- a team like 2015 Kansas City Royals, who were a contact team and, you know, were, you know, hard-nosed, you know, players that, you know, they didn't hit, you know, three-run bombs. They hit single after double or triple. They'd, they, you know, stretch base hits. You know, we, you know, we need to have defensive priority. So I think we should start making them less as much as possible, you know, this season. Because we can only, we can only, yes, he's so good and at their base, but we can only, we can only avoid those problems with so long. And Frazier, once again, is he very, He's very good defensively at third base, very undervalued as well, very underappreciated. So I, I do think um, – uh, I'm, I'm rambling here, excuse me. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I do think McNeil is fantastic at third, but I feel like third was so long until Larry's healthy. I think we should put him mm-hmm. out left field now. So once he comes back, you know, you uh, you know once he comes back, you know, he'll make him a little bit more accustomed to left field. And once again, yeah. we, we're going to jump into a commercial break here after my uh, 10-long speech, 10-minute-long speech. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm going to bring us out, and Jim will bring us in. Hey, guys, this is Benson from Bucko Booth. Just want to make sure you tune in this Saturday at noon Eastern. Different time, I'll be running the Pirates 10K race on Saturday morning at 7.30, so we'll be on at noon this week. So be sure to tune in either way. We're going to give you our three takeaways from the Pirates' two-game series versus the Tigers. They swept, so that's good news there. Three takeaways from there. Uh, the Pirates continue to be the battling box in the sweep against the Tigers, fighting back. Uh, every game is close, but they are winning these games. And, uh, yeah, Keone Kella, uh, he needs a break. We're going to talk about why and what he can do to get back to the pitcher we uh, traded Taylor Hearn for. All this and much more on this week's episode of Bucko Booth. Please tune in, noon Eastern, new time, noon Eastern, this Saturday, Bucko Booth. I'll let you guys get back to this show, but I hope to see you there Saturday, noon Eastern. See you guys. And hello, we're back from com- we are back from commercial break, and we are jump- jumping right into our probably my favorite topic and the most top top. Sorry for rambling. The topic I'm most excited to talk about and is about Robinson Cano lately. So what are your thoughts on Robinson Cano's performance as a Met lately? You know, I was expecting, um, you know, because he's, you know, he's obviously old. You know, I was expecting a, you know, so-so year from him. But the one thing I'm looking at, you know, I don't care if he hits a lot of home runs. I, I couldn't care less. I'm looking at the guy's batting average. And, you know, that's about 200 now. And I, I expect that to go up, you know. But, you know, i rather the guy, like, the um, I believe he had like in 80 games he had about like 10 home runs, 50-ish RBI. So that translates, and he also had literally exactly 300. It was like it was like weird. Um, in those 80 games, they had played you know suspenders. Um, you know that translates to 20 home runs, about give and take 100 RBIs, which you can already tell he was having a down year. As the thing about Cano is. He's clutch. You know, you saw against the uh, who was that? The Nationals, right? He had that. You know, the Mets were down. He had that home run. You know, and that, that's something Mets need because we're all, we're we're a scrappy team. You know, we uh, we we almost came back from a <laughs> eleven point deficit against the Phillies. <laughs> but you know, we, yeah. we uh, on jokes aside, you know, we really um, 
we've needed some clutch after we lost Wilmer, who was, you know, again, he was just, I don't know, you know, some people are just like that. Some people are just clutch. Some people like to be in those moments. Um, you know, Cano's clutch, but he needs to bring up that average. You know, I'd rather him hit 300 than hit um, 30 home runs in my 250. You know, so yeah. I feel like, do you, do you see us benching, um, benching Cano and putting in J.D. Davis there instead? And like, you know, McNeil in third and whoever in center? Or do you think we should keep Cano in there? That's an interesting uh, point you got there, Sal. But I, I would say Robinson Cano, you know, he's definitely going to break out of a slump. He, um, he's batting 192 right now with an on-base percentage of 253 and an OPS of 582, which obviously isn't the best. But um, you make a good point by substituting McNeil at second in his uh, primary position he played most last year and then putting J.D. Davis at third. And then putting probably Keon Broxton or Keon Broxton or Juan Lagares there. So yeah, that's a good point you got there. But I would say definitely try and work him in as many games. Don't try and sit him for too many games because then he'll get out of his rhythm. But yeah, I would definitely say I would definitely want to see him like bat above like two set two like two seventy. Maybe have the season he had last year in the second half, like his only half, of course. But um, I would say yeah, <laughs> I, I'm definitely expecting a little more from Robinson Cano. But um, so far, hopefully he just breaks out of a slump. Hopefully it's just a, like one-month slump, and he'll be right out of it. But we do have options, which I really respect Brody for getting this off-season. Off season, but, yeah, so we definitely have options if Cano really gets into a slump and really starts breaking down. But I think for now, he's not doing bad. He's been playing pretty solid defense. But, yeah, it's nothing we need to worry about too far yet. Uh, yeah, that, again, that's a, that's a that's another valid point. But, um. I've got had a brain fart here, but um, what's his name? Um, you know, um, you we've oh my God, I'm, I can't speak. Um, we've been playing to know a lot, you know, like we we don't uh, him and Ramos too, you know, these you know, old guys who are probably the least, probably the most unathletic on the team. We've been playing the most, and we're sitting mm-hmm. guys like, you know, McNeil. Not no, excuse me, not McNeil. Yeah, McNeil like a lot for for you know really young guys. Rosario, we re- we really can't sit because. We really have no backup shortstop, and that's we we literally have no backup shortstop. You know, there's been talks that Lowry could play short, you know, because in an off days you put Frazier at third and Lowry at short. But you know, I really gotta, you know, the Mets have been sacrificing defense for offense a lot this year, and I feel like they're gonna go all out on that once Lowry comes back. You know, benching um, you know, benching Rosario because you know the guy, you know, he's a young guy. You know, he's only he's having the best year of his, the best the best year of his career. <laughs> So far, and you know we, you know, God forbid, we we don't want him to get injured. That's the last thing on you know Mets fans' mind that we we are often reminded of, you know, between the pitchers and the hitters, and um, you know, we just we just don't want Rosario to get injured because you know we we pretty much have no backup shortstop. We have Luis Gilmore, who's probably like a one one fifty career hitter. So um, do you mm-hmm. think Lowry could play short? You know, do you think we should sacrifice that defense for offense, or Lowry to play second or whatever, or just you know subbing in? Do you think putting Lowry out of position to play short or second is a smart move, like going all out on the offense, sacrificing defense, or is that like you know shaky? I think obviously Alan Rosario hasn't been the great defender. If he had two errors against the Phillies the other day, letting two balls go right by him, and um, Lowry's Lowry's a pretty good uh, defensive player. So yeah, I would say. He hasn't had that bad of a season on the offense side, batting two two sixty four with an on base percentage of three twelve, which is going up a little bit from last year. But 
it's just something like we can't have him playing every day. Obviously, the kid's gonna get tired. He's only 23, so he's like he's gonna get tired. So we we'll definitely have we we should definitely have the option of putting what's his name, um, Jed Lowry at shortstop. Um, but yeah, so hopefully we hopefully he can adapt to that shortstop role. But yeah, he they're both great players, and I think giving Ahmed Rosario that off day that he needs as a young player is definitely a good choice. Yeah, um, you know, talking about Jed Lowry here, I remember when, you know, the Mets first signed Jed Lowry, you know, there was literally no rumors at all about the Mets signing Lowry. Most I don't know if they were happy shocked, but they were they were shocked nonetheless. You know, the Mets, you know, we were expecting to one like Pollock or, um, you know, Marvin Gonzalez, who ended up signing with the uh, Twins and Pollock with the Dodgers. You know, we weren't, you know, we weren't expecting Lowry to be that utility guy. You know, we, we expected an outfielder. So then you could, so then you could have, you know, McNeil. So you could have the good defense of McNeil with McNeil at third, excuse me, plus the offense with, you know, Gonzalez or uh, Pollock or, you know, whoever whoever the, the Mets decided to pursue. So I feel like my, that would have fixed all the problems as good as a you know as good as an offseason Brody had. You know, you could always improve and obviously signing another pitcher, which we talked about. You know, the uh, the first part of the show with Vargas, you know, could have helped. So, uh, you know, obviously you can improve, but, you know, Lowry is, you know, we, we have to, we have to, we have to deal with the cards you've been dealt by him, which is, you know, good cause, to say the least. But I feel like, do you, do you think we should have signed someone else besides Lowry, or, or are you, were you happy when we signed him? I was definitely shocked, as you said before. I was expecting guys like A.J. Ramos or another reliever. Or like as you said, like um, the guys. Well, I'm stumbling right now, but um, I would say def- I was definitely happy when we signed Lowry. Lowry's a great player. I was upset when he got injured early in the year, but hopefully, um, when he comes back, he's, he'll be pretty good. But he's played he's played a lot of shortstop earlier in his career. In 20 before he's oh my gosh um after 2015 <laughs> after 2015 he started playing um second and third base a lot more, but. This is this surprised me when I saw the stats. He's played over 500 games at shortstop. Oh wow! That's, that's yeah, right. I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 So I yeah, guess so, yeah, he will he will be um a, a good too because so now I feel like we really do have that you know infield locked up. But you know the thing is about you know center field. But that, that we can we can talk about that another time. You know the thing is you know we do have the infield pretty much locked up. You can. You can put at first. You can put J.D. Davis, Alonzo, or Frazier. At second, you can put J.D. Davis, Cano, or McNeil or Lowry. And that's short. It's Rosario, Gilmore. If you even count him, like let's be honest, we don't. Um, you know, you can put like yeah, you know, the guy. The guy is he's very good defensively. You know, you you said that Rosario was I want to say bad defensively. You, you know, you said he made two errors, but I feel like you know he was clutch against the Marlins. Remember. He had those. Yeah. You know, he had that. He had those two lineouts, and then he turned two. Oh yeah. You know, which was which was very good positioning by him. You know, I'm sure the coach told him to do that, but you know, that was still a heads up play. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's bad by any means. I wouldn't say he's even. I say he's above average defensively, but you know, obviously every guy's gonna have their off night. Um, but you know, I feel like you know we could have more Gonzalez, but you know, back to where we let's go full circle here. Let's go back to Cano. You know, Larry, you know, Larry does give that, you know, I guess I guess they did that so Cano can almost rest more often, but obviously that didn't pan out because now he's injured and so is Frazier. Was, well, he wouldn't play second, but 
you know, mm-hmm. he'd be another guy, just a, you know, just a utility guy in there. So, I guess the reason I feel like the reason Brody signed Larry was, I guess, for rest days for Cano, and then you know you put him at third, and you know so and so on. So I feel like it is, it was a smart move. I feel like now now in hindsight, you know, because obviously a lot of these guys Brody went after were former clients, you know, sending Degrom, Cano, and all them, you know. But um, I feel like you know getting Larry is you know again it had pros and cons. I feel like I'd rather I'd rather prefer Marlon Gonzalez over even over AJ Pollock. Um, you know who actually who would you rather have um, Pollock or uh, Marlon Gonzalez? Um, Pollock has trouble staying healthy, but um, yeah, I was I'll have to go with Pollock on this one. Um, as we as we have on um, what's his name, we have Juan Lagares kind of struggling. Cam Brockman, he's not struggling, but he's like. He could definitely need a day off. Yeah, I get but, you. Um, I get you. Yeah. <clears throat> but the Mar- Marwin Gonzalez, yeah, but he would definitely be helped. He's, he plays a lot of positions. And, yeah, so they're uh, – it's a, it's a tough decision. But A.J. Powell, when he's healthy, he's just on fire. Yeah, yeah, you know, he, he, he'd fit right in with all the injury-prone Mets, you know, and the – you know, and I'll talk. You know that outfield. You know, again, that we can we can, we'll talk about this another time, surely. You know about Cespedes and you know, once he comes back, if he'll if he'll ever come back. And what is the um the you know speaking of injuries, what is the injury for um Lowry like? Do you know like what is what is what is it or like how did he get it or was it just like, you know, some random, some just random injury like he he felt his thumb. Do you know like the uh, like? Oh, it it was kind like of random at the time. It was kind of random at the time. I'm not too sure what it was because it was, like, out of the blue, and we weren't expecting it to yeah. be, like, this long, you know? Like, this, like, yeah, long. Yeah, it was even before spring training. So. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. It was, like, no one was expecting it to be this early. But um, I think – I believe – oh, I'm sorry. I believe it was – oh, it was – it was originally uh, dealing with soreness in the back of his left knee and his – he got an MRI, and us Mets fans were concerned. And but as I stated in my post, I thought he'd be back by end of spring training, opening day. But obviously, that was not the case. But um, going back to yeah, the you know, the, uh, excuse me, sorry yeah, about so. that. Um, you know, the one thing about Larry is he saw us at Ryan uh, Ryan Zimmerman. You know, I believe. He was he missed spring training, especially with these you know free agents as well. You know they missed spring training, and that you know people people undervalue spring training. And you know we came back, he you know, he wasn't prepared. He was you know he was first time. You know same thing with Darno, it happened too. You know the guy came back and yes, for over a year. Like you're not. I feel like why was he starting the first day he goes back with the wrong, you know at the beginning of the year. Like it it just made no sense to me. But you know whatever. Um, you know they the uh, you know Lara's gonna have a tough time coming back. So I feel like. We sh- we shouldn't we have to learn from our mistakes when we did with Darno. We we literally just put Darno right in there against a important game against a division rival, like and important game against a division rival. Um, we put him well, literally the day he was activated. We just started him over AJ Ramos, who is hot and was hot. Like you know, so I feel like we should not we should not start um, Jed Lavo when he comes back. You know, by then well, we, well the that are, you know you know we should we should start. You know, obviously he'll be back. So I feel like. Yeah, we should prepare the uh, Adrian Lowry to you know maybe get Lowry in there and he'll eventually become a starter, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. sadly, that is the whole time we've had today, guys. So mm-hmm. you know, I don't, don't forget, guys. We have um, a code on Stubyard BPN10. Don't forget to use that. It really helps us all out here. 
Um, you know, we also have T-shirts, so go on our Instagram, you know, Baseball Podcast Network. There's, there's a bunch of t- in there. You guys will definitely like them. So, um, you know, that's really it. You know, Tim, you got any last words? <laughs> um, I'm sorry it was late, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining. Uh, we love having you guys. Uh, we love interacting, talking about you guys. We we really appreciate it. But, yeah, go check out our uh, Stubyard thing. But, yeah, um, I think that's time. All right. Thank you for every. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, and we'll and we'll see you guys next Thursday. See you. Thank you. Guys. Amazing Mets is produced by Benson Fector. Amazing Mets is a production of the Baseball Podcast Network. Be sure to give our host a follow on Instagram, Tim, at Mets.Station, and Sal, at Sal.Mosca5, that's M-O-S-C-A-5. Follow the Amazing Mets on Instagram as well, at Amazing Mets Podcast. For more Amazing Mets content, be sure to head over to our website at BaseballPodcastNet.com. Follow the official Baseball Podcast Network social media accounts, Instagram, at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter, at Baseball Podcast One. That's P O D C A S One. YouTube, at Baseball Podcast Network. And SoundCloud, at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to Amazing Mets. We'll see you next time. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.